girls, you've tuned in to Braveheart Talks, podcasts that are going to come to you bi-weekly and we're going to be talking all things bravery, how to be brave in your marriages, how to be brave in the workplace, at your home. And hey, if you enjoyed today's conversation, why don't you subscribe so you don't miss the next one and even invite your friends, share it to your friends so they can watch along too. Today, we are going to have a conversation all things Braveheart. I'm Megan and I'm joined with senior pastor of Liverpool One Church and founder of Braveheart and my friend, Emma Bryan. Hey, Meg. This is so exciting. It is. This is our first ever podcast for Braveheart. First ever podcast. Are you excited? I am excited. Yeah. I think actually, were we not sitting in a jacuzzi some time back and we were like, I think we should do some podcasts, yeah, yeah. Um, particularly in and around Braveheart and just start some great conversations. Definitely. I mean, I'm a mum of two, so I don't have time to do anything much these days, but podcasts is something I do. Yeah. So all you mums out there, tune in, have a conversation with us, because that's what it's about. Shoving it on when you're doing your laundry, doing your cooking. I but think I'm excited. So. And get some real conversation going. Yeah. Because I don't think there's opportunity all the time just to have some really yeah. good, down-to-earth, mm-hmm. everyday struggle type of conversation. Yeah. And I'm excited, Emma, because we get to see your face. We get to hear from you at Liverpool One Church. You preach to us, you teach to us, and you're so gifted in that. But what I love about this is we get to now have conversations. And I hope the girls who are listening can just get to know you better because you're amazing and we all love you. So we're excited to just to pick your brains. And hey, today we're going to talk all things Braveheart because people are tuning in who don't yet know what that actually is. And it is a women's ministry. So for you, Emma, I know you've been like surrounded by boys all your life you've got three boys you've got your husband you've got a grandson now so women's ministry what triggered it yeah that's funny you should say that because I also I was raised with a brother I then married a man who had two brothers has two brothers I then went on to have three sons and so yeah my whole life has been surrounded by guys. So I never foresaw myself doing a women's ministry. And so our church has been for about 12 years now, um, going for about 12 years. And that's what Luke and I put all of our energies into. Yeah. And um, and I think we were so many, um, a couple of years into it, and people were like, oh, you should have a women's ministry because that's what churches do, right? They have a women's ministry. And, and so I... Tentatively started this women's ministry, which at the time we called She. And yeah. um, we started this women's ministry and it was an almighty flop, to say <laughs> the least. And it was just um, a struggle because yeah. we thought it was a great idea and it just didn't have any momentum behind it. It was hard work for the team. It was like pulling teeth, trying to get people to come. I'd get maybe somewhere between 30 and 50 yeah. girls would turn out, which is still quite a good gathering, yeah. but it was just not the vision that I had for it. And it was really, really difficult. And yeah. so that was my beginnings of trying wow. to start a And it's so good ministry. to hear that because even getting a glimpse of it now, some of the girls are like, Braveheart is amazing. And it is. But to know that it started from small beginnings, like I love stories of small beginnings. Yeah. Well, actually what I ended up doing was just shutting the doors on she because wow. I was just like, I'm not even into it yeah. myself. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't even want to go. Yeah. So why would anybody else yeah. even want to go? Wow. And I think there's such a lesson to be learned there that you can do mm-hmm. things under peer pressure because everybody else says yeah. this is what you should be doing and this is you know every church has a women's 
ministry or, or um, you know, everybody does a so-and-so and therefore you should be doing it too. And it's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first lesson. Yeah, though. so you shut the doors on it. And then obviously it went from she to Braveheart. Now, how did that transition come to play? Like what happened in the middle of that? Where did Braveheart or the, even the name of it come from, from she to Braveheart? Yeah, so really, I mean, you know my story, and but for the benefit of those that yeah. don't, the years that followed, I um, became really poorly. Yeah. And it was, you know, life has this habit of blindsiding you when things happen that you don't foresee happening. Mm-hmm. And so I had an idea of where church was going and how ministry would look. And then I was diagnosed with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a very aggressive form of blood cancer. And it turned our worlds upside down. And then the year that followed was just hospital stays, hospital visits, Mm. chemotherapy, treatment, um, lots of tears, lots of prayers. And honestly, at that point, I just thought my life was over. That was Mm -hmm. 2015. Yeah. And, um, And I just thought, yeah. This is this is this is the end because I think everybody who goes through an anything mm. traumatic yeah. like that you can't see past that yeah. moment. But actually I began a journey with God at that time of my life mm. which when I look back now though I'm not you know they were not pleasant yeah. um they were not pleasant times. Uh, that season of my life was not a pleasant experience. What I learned through that time was valuable. And that really was Braveheart was being birthed in me. And so I began to ask God daily. My prayer every day was, God, help me to be brave. Help me to be brave. I was a person, even though I was running a church, even though I got saved when I was five years old, Mm -hmm. And I've always been in and around ministry. I struggled with fear massively. And when fear got a hold of me, it consumed me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my fear and anxiety was around um, hospitals, was around um, the fear of what may be, which I think, right, is kind of what a lot of us women struggle with. Fear usually is the what if. It's not usually what you're dealing with you're afraid of. It's the what if. And at that time, I didn't know, uh, you know, am I going to come through this? Am I not? Is this the end of my days? Mm -hmm. And I began to ask God daily, help me to be brave. Just help me to be brave today. Help me to be brave with this hospital visit. Help Mm. me to be brave with these next tests that I have to have done. And, you know, anybody who goes through anything like that, anybody who who has any stint in hospital, you're poked and you're prodded and you're tested. And, Mm. but it wasn't just the testing of my physical body. Mm-hmm. There was an immense testing going on in my wow. spirit because I felt like God was challenging me to hold on to him like I've never held on yeah. to him before. And so that took up best part of a year. Yeah. But during in, in that, that year, season, like, because obviously you, you're leading the church, you had dreams for the church, you mm. had a women's ministry and you probably still had dreams for women's ministry. So in that season, even if you didn't know what your life was going to look like, 
could you still dream? Did you find it hard to still dream about these things? Did you still think about, you know, what God has for that future, for, especially for, you know, what Braveheart is now? Were you able to to dream in that or was it just too difficult? At the very beginning, no. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, I felt angry and I didn't know who I was angry with. Yeah. I was angry with myself. Yeah. I was angry with God because I thought, you know, we were planting this church and we were going to yeah. do great things and there was going to be a thriving women's ministry Mm. and I just saw this at the end but actually what I perceived to be the end was the beginning of the very thing that I was dreaming for and I began to go on this um, journey of um, studying myself also other women that I look up to that I um, aspire to that have helped me in my world you know, ministers worldwide. And and I see that everyone has had a challenge in their life Mm -hmm. some way, somewhere. And, you know, it's that whole whole, um, principle of you can either use this thing to knock you down or you can use it as a stepping stone to climb higher. And I think I was about three weeks into treatment when I began to turn my perspective around and get my fight on. And... I was asking God daily, can you just show me how to be brave? How do I do today? Because, you know, I'm going through this season, right? But I've still got children that need yeah. feeding and taking to school every day. I've going through this season, but I've still got a home to run. I'm going through this season, but we've still got a church that's dependent on us. And so I could either curl up in a ball and pull the duvet over my head mm-hmm. and feel the pain and live in the moment of pain. Or I could say, you know, God, just just help me help me to do today yeah. gracefully and help me to do today well. And, and I began to do that. And you know the story, I had scripture yeah. all around my yeah, room and I began to fight and I started to fight for my life. Yeah. But then I went from being angry with God and angry with myself to being angry with the enemy because, and it wasn't to do with my illness, but it was to do with the thoughts going around my head because the thoughts in my head were telling me, this is the end, like um, that I'm never going to be any more than this mess that I was. And you know the score, chemotherapy, it strips mm. your dignity away yeah. as a woman. You takes your hair, takes takes everything away from you mm-hmm. that that I guess that has always been what I've thrived in. I love hair, I love yeah. makeup, I love all of that girly stuff. Yeah. And so it takes you to a to a place physically, mentally, and it can be a really dark place and a really lonely place. Mm-hmm. And I began to fight and I began to get up every day and, you know, I had hair replacement and I would put my makeup on and I would look in the mirror and I would say, I'm not going to look and see a victim, but wow. I'm going to look and I'm going to tell myself that you are healthy and that you are strong and that if God is for me, then who can be against me? So that was my journey. Wow. And as I came out of that journey, when I got the all clear from the hospital, which was in 2016, and I have Amen. remained healthy and clear so ever since, Thank you, Jesus. Um, that since, since then, that that I have decided that, well, I felt like God was putting something mm-hmm. on my heart and that he was sort of saying to me, now you go and help others to become brave too. That's great. And I think the difference between Braveheart and what I originally started, which yeah. was she, was there was an identity in Braveheart. That's so great. she had been like a general women's 
thing, yeah, a gathering yeah. in the church, and we'd all have coffee and nice talks, <laughs> and it was lovely. And cake. <laughs> and cake. But with Braveheart, there's an identity. Yeah. And it's like um, who God says you are is who you are, and it's teaching women how to fight mm-hmm. for their value, fight for their self-worth, yeah. fight for their freedom, and fight for the peace of mind, fight for your marriage, fight yeah. for your family. You could go on and on and on and on because God began to show me that actually being brave mm-hmm. was not just about my visits to the hospital, but it takes a brave woman to raise her children yeah. on her own. Yeah. It takes a brave woman to fight for her marriage. Yeah. You know, bravery just looks different yeah. on all of us. We're all walking around with a something. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned through that season of my life, I decided that I wanted to take to our girls at our local church yeah. and just teach them, hey, listen, you do not have to be subject to the circumstances that surround you. Mm-hmm. You do not have to wear the label that has been put on you and that's really important Meg Mm -hmm. and it's really important because I had a diagnosis over my life of cancer and that word carries immense fear with it and I really learned when I was asking God to teach me how to be brave I felt like God said you need to remove some words out of your language Mm -hmm. and one of those was cancer He also taught me to stop saying about it's my illness Mm -hmm. or I have cancer. Because unless you want to possess something and unless you want to keep something, be careful of what you're speaking over yourself. Very true. So we, as a family, we banned that word out of our house. And I'm saying that to encourage people because... Uh, um, you know, I didn't want to say, oh, I have cancer. I would say I'm going through an illness right now because I was determined I was going to go through it and come out the other side. I didn't want to own it. I didn't want to keep it. So it wasn't my cancer. And it's controlling your mouth, isn't it? As girls, we just, we can talk and we can can complain and moan. And I mean, you went through cancer, so if anyone's allowed to moan, it would be you. But the fact that you were like, I'm not going to speak this out. I'm not going to have this in my vocabulary. I love that because that's so encouraging because I think we do you know in every day of our lives you know I'm a mum of two at the moment and I can easily moan about tiredness and it yeah. sounds silly but it's like no I'm not going to speak tiredness over me and I'm not going to say yeah, I'm tired every you know, day like I, everyone and it does. Can be, it, you can admit the difficulty yeah. that you're in right now but I think it's a difference than taking ownership yeah. you know so rather true. than say you know my divorce yeah. it's like you know I'm going through a divorce but I'm going to be okay yeah so, I'm going to be so okay powerful. and so so that was really the angle that Braveheart yeah. began to I didn't have a I didn't have a title yeah. I didn't it was called Braveheart I didn't have words for it I just had this um yearning within me to teach women how to fight for their freedom of the thing that they feel has an authority or a control over their lives that's so powerful and you know I'm just so thankful that you you've been obedient to God and his call on your life because it's helped me it's helped 
you know, so many of my friends journey in Braveheart with you and we've seen what you teach and you live what you teach and it's so much easier to follow that and and for us to then change our, our stance on it. So how long Brave has Braveheart been going then since that happened? Does that been, how many years is it now? So yeah, 20, I can't remember whether it was 2016. I think it was maybe 2017 we yeah. launched in because we just got a few, uh, we just got Five into a years, good flow before the pandemic. Yeah, you're right. And, um, yeah, really. And we'd gather the girls, what, every, every, like three, three times a year, was it? Yeah. So basically I started it out to be something for the local church, for Liverpool One Church. At that time it was for our girls and I really just wanted to encourage people. But, you know, Psalm 16 says that, um, we can make our plans, Mm. but God orders our yeah, steps. I love that. And that's a really powerful passage of scripture because what that's saying is that we can pre-plan what we want to do with our life and it's great to make plans. I'm all for making plans. But the part when it says that God orders your steps, mm-hmm. that's saying, but God's going to tell you when it's the right time yeah. to do the thing that you've planned because you can do the right thing at the wrong time Very becomes true. the wrong thing so there's a timing so what I understood was that to gather the women as the idea as I had as she back in the day mm-hmm. it was a right thing to desire but the reason why I struggled in it was because there was no God momentum on it yeah. because he hadn't ordered my steps it wasn't the right time yeah. and so when I began the conversations again about really gathering the women I thought maybe it might be a one-off mm-hmm. and every time I shut my eyes I could see a woman dressed as a princess almost you know that the whole tutu thing and a crown Mm -hmm. on her head but she was um battle scarred yeah she was a bit bloody a bit dirty battle scarred and she had a huge sword in her hand and it was like this fighter princess warrior type image that kept coming into into my mind And so I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, some sweet little titled little Mm -hmm. women's ministry. Which is what you think of when you think of women's ministry. You do think like that. Yeah, absolutely. You've changed that and turned it. Yeah. And so I knew it had to be something quite tenacious. Yeah. Quite bold. Mm -hmm. Quite out there. Yeah. And so... um, it's been a lot of fun on the journey. Yeah. Right. I kept saying, God's taught me how to be a brave heart. And every time I said the words, I kept thinking of William Wallace yeah. and brave heart. And then I was like, yeah. that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it's, he, you know, William Wallace, he was that fighter. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but brave heart for me was, yeah, it's bravery of heart. How yeah. do you go through life as wow. a woman, being all things feminine, yeah. but having a warring spirit yeah. that's that's relentless in fighting mm-hmm. for truth and fighting for the things that, you know, you've, you've got to fight for the life that God has given you. You yeah. can't just sit there and it'll come to you. It yeah. does not. Yeah. And so that's where the word brave heart yeah. came. And we'd gather the women We'd started off four times a year. We would gather the women four times a year. And I remember the first time that we opened the doors, I think it was about 95 came and I was flabbergasted because we'd never broken past like 45. And so about 95 of the women came and I was 
really, really shocked. And we, we just had, you know, some um, great conversation. And I talked about, I think we called it Hear Me Raw. That's right. And we talked about there's a raw in a woman that yeah. needs to come forth. And actually, when the sound of woman goes forth, the enemy quakes. Because there's something in us that we do not know is there. And I was so shocked these 95 women came. And a couple of months later, we did another one and we broke the 200 mark. And I remember straight afterwards, I ran upstairs into my office and I just got on my knees, on my face, and I just cried before God. Because I was just like, but you see, God has taught me along the way that it's not me, yeah. it's not about me, it's always about obedience, he's ordered these steps, yeah. and actually what he was saying is, this is what my daughters need to hear yeah. on the planet right now. Yeah, and I love that, because everything you teach, you know, it, it's just echoed into into the auditorium, and I feel like the, the women carry it, and there's so much momentum behind it. That's why God's attached Himself. You know, it's moving and it's evolving, and and it's you know we get teaching, but it's also fun. Em, like we have so much fun when yeah, we do Brave Heart. We do. Like we've themes. What's some of the themes we've had? We've had like obviously the Hear Me Roar, so it was all the lions. Yeah, I have a dream. What that was, was the, one? Um, um, what's that movie? Um, the Greatest Showman. I love that. Was one of my faves. I really yeah, love that one. Um, we did a Mamma Mia themed yeah, one. Do the you girls remember love that? that so, one. so we they like taking fun. funky yeah. themes. And actually, you know, and I mean, the, the clearest thing for me that there was a God momentum on yeah. this was all our boys were behind it. Yeah. Like, that had Thank to be God, boys. right? We're yeah. doing a women's yeah. ministry. And all the guys were like, we're in, we're yeah. here to serve, we're yeah. happy to help. And that blew me and away. And I love it because they turn up, we've got all these boys, like Scouse boys all turning up in their dicky bows and looking all cedars, all black dinner suits. And they've served and waited on the women so beautifully, yes. beautifully well. But we have had immense fun over yeah, the over the What's one of your like highlight? What's like a memory of yours that you just oh, cling to? Oh gosh. Um, so we we've a couple of memories. So f- a funny memory. Um, funny for me was we did one in July, and we yeah. only did one in July once, and it was so hot. I mean, like... One of the heat waves we've been having. The room was packed. There was hundreds and hundreds of women there. And it was like, I can remember I got up to speak (laughs) and like, just excuse me, but you said this was real talk. So here we go. Like the sweat was running down my back. (laughs) It was running down my arms, my legs. Uh, It was ridiculously hot. And so the guys bust the fire doors open right at the back of the auditorium whilst I was speaking. And I got to this really sensitive part in my message. (laughs) And it, and, and as I was talking and just about to land this message home about, you know, there's hope in Jesus and he's for you and all these women they're looking at me like hanging on every word a dog ran into the back of the auditorium and it became like it was like comedy act because (laughs) there were the men were chasing the dog did you carry on did you stop carried on because it was really it was not a time you could make a joke it was a sensitive moment (laughs) and I was like I can't believe that I'm doing this and there's this comedy sketch at the back of the room and so yeah, and um, we we've had we've just had some great ones. I had a dream was a great one. Yeah, we've had the women, hundreds of them, yeah. coming to the altar and just mm. 
broken and yeah. hurting and wanted to be made whole and yeah. everything that God does is so super special yeah. I loved Susie Kennedy when yeah, we did Marilyn Monroe that was just last year or amazing. the beginning of this year and it was just mm. phenomenal yeah. she um she's got such a beautiful story and I would love to get Susie yeah. back to do Braveheart yeah, yeah. The, we'll the, get her on one of these podcasts for sure definitely yeah. but this is what I've learned okay about doing Braveheart what I love about God is that he brings newness every time. Yeah. That we don't get bored and we don't get fed up because we're yeah. not just doing the same thing over and over again. But all the time he has fresh revelation, fresh healing, and something new that he wants to say. So we never roll our eyes and think, oh, yeah, it's brave heart again. Yeah. It's like we get excited yeah. and we, 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 we've got anticipation. What that. is God going to do this time? Yeah. And talking about all things new, Emma, I mean, this might be news to some people, but a lot of our girls know about this. But we are now moving Braveheart from Liverpool One Church in the building to conference. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's <laughs> exciting. Oh my goodness. It's so exciting. Yeah. May 2023, 25th yeah. or 6th, isn't it? 26th and 7th of May. So let's talk about conference. How are you, you know, where did that even come about? Everything changed after we come back from the pandemic. Yeah. And I actually even wondered, would Braveheart still be a thing? Would it still keep going? Would there still be a need for it? And we, um, we brought it back and again, it's popped, it's grown, yeah. it's flourished, which we know is only the hand of God. What I began to realize is as we do it three or four times a year, is quite often it's a different crowd each time and the room gets packed out. Mm. And I began to wonder what it would look like if we could just get everybody in the same room at one time. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the the realisation, I don't think we could do that in our building, uh-huh. um, you know, and it's a great problem to have. And, you know, and so we were rolling brave hearts out and the team know the routine and it was becoming bread and butter to us. It was real easy. Um, it was a sweet spot and it's a blessing to see the women coming in. But I knew there was more. I could feel this yeah. urgency. And I didn't know what the more was. I've got to be honest. I had, like, conference was not in my mind. It's not something I was angling for. It's not a direction that I thought we were going in. This yeah. was just still the local church gathering. However, I went on the collective course with my dear friend Charlotte Gamble. Mm. And if any of you are interested in furthering yourselves in the area of ministry, can I just encourage you, The Collective is a phenomenal, um, phenomenal program to be a part of. But we were away on a retreat and she and I were having some conversation and, you know, she began to probe me and ask questions about Braveheart and it gave me some food for thought and I came away and I prayed on it and I... um, really started to seek God, like, what is the more? Like, there's always more. We can decide, you know, the woman with the the jars of oil, with the prophet Elijah, and he said, go to your neighbors and gather the jars. And with the little oil you have, begin to pour them into the jars. And she did this and the oil miraculously kept on flowing until she had no jars left. 
and then it stopped. And I had this within my spirit. I was like, I don't want you to stop pouring out on this, um, on Braveheart, on this, Mm -hmm. this organization, on this event, just because we're at capacity in our building. I always want to be able to make room for more. And so, um, and then we heard the news that Cherish was closing. And when Charlotte said, you know, we are going to be closing Cherish, she'd done 20 years. And for 20 years, I don't think I've missed one Cherish. And we've taken coach loads of our girls up and down the M62 for years (laughs) and years. And that has just been the biggest blessing to all of us. And that was our go-to conference. But when Cherish was no more, I began to realize where though there is not a conference, there is still the women and where are they all going to go? And putting the two and two together, I just felt the challenge was to to go into the arena. Well, it's the ACC, it's the convention center, it's 2000 seater. And so for us to go from a few hundred up to 2000, you know, even that's great big steps, but I believe we're going to do it because I believe this is a God idea. It's not something we've been seeking for or longing for, but I know that God wants to do the more. So we decided with Braveheart to throw the doors open wide, not keep it local, throw it open to the women of the nation and say, hey, listen, if you're finding yourself in an area of life right now where you're like, I I need to know how to, how do I navigate my future? How do I be brave? Mm. I've just lost my husband. How do I be brave? Because my kids are off the rails. Mm. How do I be brave? I'm going off to university for the first time on my own. Yeah. How do I be brave facing this illness? Like what, how do I, how do I fight for the life that yeah. I believe that God has for me, but it doesn't look like I'm living that right now. Then, then I'm like, this is the reason we're yeah. doing a Braveheart conference. Yeah. And conferences are great. You know, I've been going to conferences for years and it's just that gathering. It's, you know, every day you feel sometimes quite lonely. You know, mm. you feel you're in the workplace on your own or in you're looking after your kids on your own. But then when you get to come to the conference and you're with hundreds and thousands of women and they're all praising, it's just nothing like it. And I just think conference is such a special time in, right. in everyone's walk. Everyone, you know, learns something at conference. Everyone makes a new friend at conference. Everyone, you know, God departs on people's hearts in conferences. And I'm just so excited for the girls who are going to be coming. So, and what would you say to those who are listening and like, well, I don't live in the Liverpool area. I've tuned in and I've heard about this and I'm not sure, like, what would you say to that if they're contemplating coming to conference you know I would just say if you think about something for long enough you'll talk yourself out of it I think if it's been a prompting in you and you've actually pondered the thought should I go then definitely go I've always invested in myself in conference I know you too have Meg and we've always encouraged our girls to do that because I think the best thing that you can give to your husband to your children to your friends to your church to your workplace it's a healthiest version of you and so often we'll put our money into our spa days we won't go out without our hair done we'll get our lashes done I mean come on Liverpool particularly (laughs) we'll get nails and lashes if it can be added on or stuck on we're up for it um but but we don't always take time to invest into our healthy soul and spirit. It's true. Going to church or attending church doesn't change anything 
unless, of course, you're intentional. Intentionality is the way forward. Nothing happens just by chance. You don't accidentally bump into God. But when you intentionally set time aside to seek him out, then and only then things happen. And you know what? We've got, we have church online at the moment and people are asking, are you going to be doing Braveheart? Is it going to be online? I don't don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We haven't got that far. But nothing beats being in the room. Yeah, it's true. And when you're in a room of power-filled women who are all seeking out the one and only who's God, the one and only God who's going to give them the life that they're pushing in for. When, mm-hmm. when, when you're seeking God in that way, it is the most powerful and tangible yeah. and life-changing experience. You know, in the same way that fire spreads, it, it fire things catch fire when they're in the proximity of fire. Yeah, it's great. And you can't be in the proximity of fire just, I don't believe, just by listening online. Like there's something about the atmosphere when God is present and you are present, things change. So I would just say, hey, look at it as an investment into you. Yeah, And, you know, and hey, just just come to Liverpool and yeah, meet us all city. and say hi yeah. and let's get on the journey together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Emma, I've loved today's podcast. The conversation has been so great and it's so good just to let people know the story because sometimes people see something how it is now and yeah. they don't know the backstory or the, the blood, sweat and tears that have got us to where we are now. And, you know, I love how you point everything to God and all in his glory. And, you know, I'm just believing this is the start of something. And hey, I'm even excited that this is our first podcast. It's exciting. We're going to be talking all the other things, aren't we? So like motherhoods and marriage and leadership. So we're excited to, to continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, but thanks just for being real vulnerable. Thank you for being brave. Gosh, if you didn't do this, Emma, I don't know who would. So thank you that you're the one who are going to step out there and be brave and Hey, I'm excited for conference. Thanks, Meg. Love well, you. Well, girls, that was all we've got time for for today for our podcast. We've hoped you've had the best time tuning in with us and we are super excited for you to join us on the next podcast. But hey, head on over to our website, braveheartconference.co.uk and why don't you purchase your ticket for conference because we would love to see you there. Until next time, take care.